Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with my friend from the Leftover Army and fellow podcaster, Aaron Ramey of the Sloppy Man Witch Podcast. Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? I almost fucked that intro up. <laughs> I came so close. It, it probably sounds a little, nah, 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 but I got it out and I'm I'm letting it stand. There you go. <laughs> Fucking patronize well, me right off the bat here. So we'll, we'll, we'll handle that because that's how I start off all mine. <laughs> hey, everybody. And like our audience size is maybe six people, <laughs> including me and Brooke. <laughs> it's just like, hey, everybody. Like, we know better. <laughs> An audience starts somewhere. <laughs> exactly. With most podcasts, you just got to keep being consistent, just keep releasing episodes, and and that, that audience will find you. And I'm sure I'll have that one, we'll have that one episode where I'll actually name it, We Got Better. <laughs> It'll be like, <laughs> if, if, you don't have to listen beyond this point, because we were still just talking about everything and go off on tangents. <laughs> yeah when, when i go back to some of the early start cast episodes it's like it's like i i really can't like berate my number one episode or my first episode too much because i had i had my buddy james wetzel on who's the phd in in like high energy experimental high energy physics something like that he's and he's just a brilliant dude and he's always fun to talk to so that that my first episode always has a kind of a place in my heart because when Whenever, when I first started thinking like, oh, I kind of want to do a podcast where I talk to people and I'm like, who are you going to talk to? Like James was like one of the first people that came to mind. I'm like, well, he's always fascinating to talk to. (laughs) But then I'm like, I'm like, how many, how many conversations can I have? I'll do it like once a week or or no, like once a month or something like that. Maybe once every other month. And then it's like, yeah. So it's, it's (laughs) kind of funny how, how things can start out. And that was, I think in 2017. So just keeps going but um yeah the so dude your podcast sloppy man witch podcast so how did that come about what's what's up with the man witch angle why is it sloppy <laughs> what's up it was just a play on the man witch food <laughs> <laughs> it was that makes it like, so awesome <laughs> like i was uh, i was apprenticing at a uh, local shop like a pagan shop and uh I just, I told um, my teacher at the time, I was like, you know, we should, we should start a podcast. And she just had no interest in it. I'm like, well, then I'll do one. But when I did it, it was the equivalent of kids having a tape recorder because it was like me and three of my friends. And it was one of those things where you have so many ideas, but no formula whatsoever. So our first episode, there's actually, if you, <laughs> if you look it up, there's actually two sloppy manwich podcasts on there. There's the sloppy manwich podcast, which is what Brooke and I do now. And then they have sloppy manwich podcast, which is like a handful of episodes of just my friends and I bullshitting. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> all it is. Like it could have been recorded at a Denny's with the kind of conversations we had. <laughs> and we were trying to, uh, and, my one buddy, he's a, uh, he's in the, he's hardcore into comics, always has been like me. And we were going to do like a spinoff or at least a segment of our podcast that was, we're just going to call it Back Issues, where we just pick a storyline and just chat it up and dissect it and everything else. But, yeah, you know, fun. everyone's got families and kids and time doesn't quite match up and we really don't 
like live next door to each other. So finding time to make time is, you know. Oh, yeah, because I'd imagine you were all getting together in the same space to do it. Oh, yeah, my house, because I was lazy and didn't want to go anywhere else and record it. <laughs> that does make it more challenging. that When you have several co-hosts and you got to line up everybody's schedules, like, I mean, that's kind of where I got StartCast to the point where I'm generally recording Friday evenings, because it, it just, that consistent, this is the day I record, just makes it easier to schedule, makes it easier to stick to, makes it easier to schedule around. Oh, Yeah, that was weird. Dude, I'm so sorry. No, that's all good. I was like, I was talking, and then I all of a sudden it started mute. ringing, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I went to hit mute, and I accidentally hit the damn thing button. I apologize. That's my bad. <laughs> that's fucking classic. <laughs> <laughs> and you can ask Brooke. I've done that the last two times we've recorded instead of hitting stop record. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hung up on her. I'm not editing it out either. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> And this is the kind of, you know, class act you can expect from my podcast if you decide to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, and you can, I'm sure as soon as she hears it, she's going to start laughing her ass off because that's what's happened is I'll go to stop recording and be like, bye, bye. And then just hang up like, you know, damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> start writing notes on my hands. Don't hit the red button. Oh, that's too <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Class act. So you were talking about how you used to have like a bunch of really intelligent guests on your show. <laughs> and now, you're, now you have the guy that can't actually, you know, hit mute. He just we've, dips out. We've truly run the gamut now. So <laughs> you're the anti-Wetzel. <laughs> hey, that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, he's had Tristan on here, who's like a really great lawyer. And he's had authors and he's had psychologists and doctors. And what does he have now? He has a guy that fumbles around with a podcast and builds machines that process shit through the sewers <laughs> <laughs> you jump on the shark this week joe oh, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned something in there you said like a um did you say it was a pagan shop you were apprenticing at so what's that it was like i i hate to put labels on anything like that because you call something wiccan and people will you know get offended by it or judgy just like everything else in the world you know so i just call it a pagan shop as in meaning not standard religion that's kind of how i i describe it okay gotcha you know they they sell candles crystals they have uh reiki sessions there they have classes um she actually has a library there of just books and books of any kind of uh, spirituality you would like to look into anyways uh i stopped up in visited her as soon as I found out about it. And uh, like a month later, she's like, I'm going to take on an apprentice if he wants to apply. So I sent it in just thinking, why not? And uh, she picked me. And then it just so happened that was 2020. So like, I only got to do it for so often for so many weeks. And then the pandemic hit. So she wasn't even open for several weeks on end. <clears throat> and then when she did reopen, I was working third shift. So I was getting off work, getting a little bit of sleep, heading in there to help out. And it just got kind of stressful. So after my year and a day, I just, I told her, I was like, you know what? I'm, I appreciate everything you've done, but I just need to be a customer now. And cause I couldn't focus that much on it. Oh, for sure. Are you still currently working third shift? 
No, no, I'm on first shift now. Okay, I was like, I was like, because we could have <laughs> not... scheduled this totally differently. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm definitely on a. I'm on first shift now, and just uh, working a lot. I'm definitely working a lot of hours, but uh, dude, third um, shift's rough. How many? How long did you do that for? About two and a half years. I mean, it wasn't a terribly long time compared to some of the other people that I work with and the stories they've had about how long they were on third. But yeah, it's, you just don't have time anymore because you get off work, you go to sleep and you wake up and basically wait to go to work. Yeah. It sounds kind of miserable. And oh, it was. And it's the exact opposite of what you've, you know, your entire life trained your body's natural clock to, to sink to, and now you're doing something totally different. And then of course, society's not set up for when you do have waking hours that anything's even going to be fucking open. Unless, I mean, unless you're just like getting up really early or you're getting off work and then you're hitting places when they're just opening. Oh yeah. And trying to sleep when the sun is out. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I, I remember years ago, I, I had a job. I was a professional window tinner for a number of years. And I had this, one of the first jobs I ever had was to tint the windows in this like local dive bar. And I remember it was a first thing in the morning job. And there was all these like older dudes, like sitting at the bar. And like, <laughs> finally I asked the bartender, I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe you're this busy. And she's like, Oh, it's the third shift crowd from like Quaker Oats or some shit like that. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that's why these guys are acting like it's five o'clock. <laughs> it's really like fucking eight in the morning. Oh yeah, they there's those bars right here that have the kegs and eggs where it's you know it's <laughs> kegs specifically and eggs. De- it's specifically designed for third shifters. Like, That's hey, do you want to have a meal before you go to bed? Having a few uh, beers and an omelet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the little bar that's that's in the the small town that I live in would sometimes cater the third shift crowd because there'd be times where I'd be driving the boys to school in the morning and that place would just be packed. And I was like, oh, I wonder if these are guys that are like, because there's a, a nuclear power plant not too far from where I live. And so they would always be shift work there because there'd be times where I'd have to drive past that plant on the way to take the kids to school. And it was like, man, if you got there at the shift change, you had to watch out for people that were just like gunning from that place like they were running for their lives. <laughs> just pull right been out like on the, the highway in front of you, you know. And that could have been the extra reason for them to drink in the morning is getting off third shift and just how much they to forget how miserable they were. <laughs> <laughs> I always heard it was a good place to work. I don't, I don't know if I ever directly talked to anybody who actually worked there in like a getting their hands dirty type way. I, I went to church briefly with a lady who was like a PR representative and she's like, I can tell you that it's completely safe to live where you live. I'm like, you're paid to say that. <laughs> I was going to say, you're <laughs> you, I'm like, I'm you in the give smallest, me like the rundown. I'm in the smallest circle on the danger map. Okay. I know where the fuck I live. <laughs> Yeah, but. my uh, brother-in-law works at the a nuclear power plant in Florida. I don't know what he. I think he does like stockroom there, like tool crib, or you know, I don't think he's actually in there because, like, I'm guessing like most geeks, as soon as they hear nuclear power plant, I automatically just picture The Simpsons and the opening scene and right moving <laughs> <laughs> around glowing rods and people sleeping on the job and radiate radioactive barrels everywhere. <laughs> For years, like, that's what I pictured my dad's on. job was. 
because my dad worked at Cargill for years, and I remember him saying that he worked in a control room, and basically it was like monitoring like these uh, like dryers that were drying cornstarch. And so a lot of his job would just be like sitting in a control room, and then they'd occasionally have to go out and run test samples and shit like that. But I always pictured my dad's job being very much like Homer Simpson's job. <laughs> <laughs> giant control panel in front of him pushing buttons or not or sleeping or whatever yeah God, i remember one day he was telling me like oh yeah i was working with so-and-so today and he brought in an electric skillet and, and all the fixing to make shipwrecks and i'm like are you serious I'm like you guys are just cooking eggs and sausage and hash browns and shit in there he's like yeah i'm like that actually sounds kind of fucking awesome but oh, i i i yeah i, I can attest to that <laughs> we don't even work in a nuclear power plant but in my factory or in our manufacturing plant, we uh we have one room that's just called the seal room where they build seals for pumps and stuff. Um, the guy that works in there loves to cook, and he actually has a legit like hot plate of George Foreman grill, like <laughs> an oven, and you know you throw him like you Venmo him five dollars, and the next day you have gigantic burritos. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good guy to have on staff. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the <laughs> fact that he likes to cook and come up with new combinations, it's like, you know, I can go into work and do my job, and I don't hate my job. I love building things. But at any given point, you're just like, you know what? I'm going to go grab some food. <laughs> I'm going to place an order to Dan. Put <laughs> me up with a hamburger or something. That'd be the shit. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we'd occasionally have days. <clears throat> I worked in a warehouse for like, probably around a decade or so. And, and part of my job was like driving around in a truck and going all over the, basically all over Eastern Iowa. And, but I would have plenty of times in the warehouse also. And the times that when it'd be like, okay, everybody's been working really hard. And so the manager would just reward us by just going to like the local grocery store and just buying a shit ton of like hamburger, like preformed like hamburger patties and brat patties and brats and stuff like that. And then just electing one of us to stand out back and grill it. And it was like, fuck, man, this is really cool. That's <laughs> really oh, nice shit. of you to That's, do that, dude. Get <laughs> lunch, lunch for us. And if you're the lucky one that gets to grill, because, you know, you weed out right away the people who don't know how to fucking grill when first time you bite into a pink burger or, a, <laughs> you know, the burgers come back in their hockey pucks. It's like, all right, don't let that moron go on the grill next time. He doesn't know how to cook. <laughs> it's like the, you start looking for that on a resume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't care if you know how to drive a tow motor or not, but how's your grilling skills? Exactly. How are you around a pair of tongs? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so spoiled now though. It's like I don't. I kind of turn my nose up at stuff cooked on propane now. And I'm like, ugh. Oh, no, Hank Hill no, would hate no, you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cook my burger see, like, on compressed wood like, pellets. <laughs> I can just see, like, Hank Hill getting pissed off at you right He can now. get pissed off. My pellet smoker is the best thing I've ever owned in my life. See, uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that I don't cook. <laughs> like, I, I can cook some things, but I don't cook, like, regularly. Because, you know, whenever I was single for the longest time, it was like, I cooked for myself. And I just got to that point. I'm like, eh, good enough. Like, I'm not going to write a review about my own, like, casserole that I made. I'm just going to be like, yeah, so I didn't put enough salt in it. I don't care. And then it just got boiled down to where I was, like, pre, whenever I was working out and dieting and everything, I would, like, meal prep. <laughs> so it got down to the basic things, like, okay, I got some spinach, got some spinach leaves and some pork chops. 
done. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, I've ruined my taste buds doing that. Like I was eating when I first got hardcore into dieting and doing the crash diet for like a year and a half to two years. All I ate were uh, it was like a can of tuna with on top of spinach leaves, like two eggs for breakfast, and then I think more tuna and spinach for dinner. And I did that for years. And I remember like it just got it became that. I don't want to say addiction, but just that we're like, you swear if you had a cookie, we're going to blow back up, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I just got, I just got that mentality. And I ate like that for a while. And then it comes down to, you know, like say birthday time and the parents like, what do you want to go eat for dinner? I'm like, I don't care if it's Taco Bell. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) reintroduce flavor to my mouth, would you? (laughs) Oh, let's see the, the narrow foods that, that I zeroed in on. Uh, during my period of best weight loss was uh, I was getting the packets of the white albacore tuna and I would get these bags of like cut up frozen uh, it'd be like chunks of mango pineapple and strawberries and so I would have like a probably about like a pint sized like Tupperware type container that I would fill up with the fruit while it was still frozen. So that would act like a, uh, like a cold pack in my lunch. And then I'd have like a red delicious apple in there or, um, or no, honey crisp. Those were the ones that I, I was going to say, say honey crisp, would you? <laughs> no, it was always the honey crisp apples that, that I really loved. As soon as I tried those, uh, those, I was like, there is no other fucking brand of apple Amen. that I want to eat. These are the shit. <laughs> now, how old were you when you found it? Uh, oh, I was an adult, dude. I, I, I ate that it. You all? I, I had You're a like, terrible, was this when I, was a kid? <laughs> I had a terrible diet when I was a kid. Like I didn't, the first time I ate like lettuce on a burger, I was in my twenties <laughs> and I was like lettuce and tomato on a burger. Mm. And I was like, you know what? That was really fucking good. <laughs> I remember it was a double cheeseburger from Sonic and I was in, I was in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And I was like, this is a revelation. This is fucking amazing. And the next day I ordered it on purpose and was like looking forward to it. Also, the See, first time in my I life I'd re- ever had Sonic, which was pretty rad. Whenever I go to read the, the uh, Joe Stark autobiography, <laughs> you're actually going to like write down the date and the place you were when you tried lettuce on a burger. Yeah. Like, an entire like chapter dedicated to that. Well, It'll I, go into like some <laughs> philosophical. Like, then I realized that life is short. I should definitely try different things. <laughs> well, I remember I was down there because I I just gotten hired at the window tinting place, and this dude who was like a, a certified trainer <clears throat> for like installing automotive tint, like he really specialized in doing like back windows in a single piece. He was based out of Jonesboro, Arkansas. And so this place that hired me, she bought a plane ticket and put me up in like this fucking flea bag hotel for a week and <clears throat> went and basically just worked at this guy's shop for a week straight and just had him teach me shit. And I really liked him a lot, really respected that guy a lot. He was a really cool guy, big personality. And also he was super talented at tinning. And so it was like, I'm going to pay attention and learn everything this guy can teach me. And man, the guys who worked in his shop were some characters, man. That place could have been a reality show. And me being from up north, man, they they took lots of opportunity to rip on me. At the time, my facial hair, it wasn't a full beard. It was just like the Abe Lincoln thing. It's just like the long (laughs) sideburns that go down, trace around your jaw, wrap around the chin, and go back up the other side. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> we were all having dinner one night together because John took us to some fancy place. And um, and one of them just looks at me and points with his fork with a piece of food on the end. He's like, man, you got the wrong kind of flavor saver on your face. <laughs> <laughs> like okay <laughs> never like y'all y'all north of mason dixon line are fucking weird i'm like mason dixon line holy shit yeah mind my p's and q's around these people and that and that, that could be like the whole culture clash right there is where like he says that sentence to you about you know y'all got the the wrong kind of flavor saver there mason dixon line and then your automatic like instinct to be like you know what the mason dixon line is like it's that <laughs> that north versus south culture clash like, i was uh i was actually telling brooke one time when i was younger um our vacations my mom my dad and myself uh our vacations were car shows <laughs> wherever dad wanted to go to a car show that was our vacation that year so, <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically there was a lot of fort wayne indiana and there was you know just these different places, which I was a kid. I didn't care. You know, it didn't mean it didn't matter one thing or the other to me. I knew Disneyland wasn't going to like have a lost in the fifties night or anything. So I was out of luck there, but we went down to Tennessee one time and I was at a, we were at a hotel and I was at the pool and it was the first time I ever heard someone say y'all. <laughs> and I looked at my mom like, what is, what's that mean? Like I had to ask her what y'all meant. <laughs> like I might've been like, five or six i'm like is she okay this little girl saying y'all watch me y'all watch me i'm like what is she saying so because i've never actually heard a human say that before that wasn't on tv that's hilarious um oh earlier uh aiden my 15 year old he came up to me and asked how i was doing and i was like peachy and he just stared at me for a little bit and i'm like do you know what that means he's like nope and i'm like oh that means good and he's like oh good <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where peachy means something bad. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm fucking peachy. <laughs> Just peachy. Like, oh, dude, I'm sorry, man. What happened? <laughs> peach type, peach type things happen. That's what happened. <laughs> <clears throat> um. So, uh, kind of jumping back to the 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 pagan shop thing so how how long have you has like kind of that been your i I guess your religion oh a few years now it it, i can't say i'm like old school or anything like that like i would read about it a long time ago but it's not really something i put into uh perspective like as far as like something i want to focus in on or anything like that and then uh I started paying attention to, like, I, I used to go to church quite a bit, uh, off and on. I wouldn't say, like, I was steady all the time, but there was actually a point back in my 20s where I was filling in for, like, a youth pastor. <clears throat> and you kind of go into it naively just because it's so, you know, church is very welcoming. I'll give them that. You know, it is. And if you're, like, a, say, in a rough spot in your life or whatever, you find a home there. <clears throat> but then you know, as life happens, you start paying attention to some things and it just kind of becomes like, my God, this is horseshit. You know, it's, uh, I guess I don't know how to explain it. It's not necessarily like a total turn, you know, turnaround, but they just got to a point in my life where I'm like, you know what, this just doesn't make any sense anymore. And 
not looking for anything to fill in that that aspect or that point of view in my life. I stumbled across, um, I want to say it was a podcast, because that's probably where I get most of my starts in anything. <clears throat> I uh, came across one, and they were just talking about Wiccan uh, beliefs and practices and stuff. I'm like, that's pretty interesting. And then I started looking into it more. And there used to be a website where you could uh, type in your state, your zip code, and it would tell you all the shops around you that, you know, specialized in that kind of a thing. And since then, I just, I just the route I took. <clears throat> in fact, uh, I was on uh, Brooke and Rebecca's podcast. That's actually how we got re, re uh, we, I restarted the sloppy man, which um, at the end of it, I brought it up. And Brooke just happens to say, she's like, how have I not found you on, you know, the Facebook army? I'm like, cause I really don't promote it. Like, it's not something I go around gloating about. Like, it's just what I believe in, what I look and what I focus on. And I got with Brooke and we ironed out a schedule. And now that's how that came about. That's really cool. It's, it's one of those things that, that I've only ever heard about peripherally. So I, I really don't know much about it. Um, but religion's one of those things to where most of them it's it's kind of a thing where it's like if if you if you're doing no harm then then good on you for having it and that's awesome and really religion's only something I have a problem with when it's when it's used as a as a weapon which is the cynical part of me generally looks at organized religions as oh yeah that's just a a tool of control that that's that's used to in a very handy way throughout time and but but um like the wiccan religion it's one of those ones where you never really hear about it being anything bad or <laughs> it's like you know like generally the people complaining about wiccans are are christians who are assuming that it has something to do with devil worship which i'm assuming it has nothing to do with no no it it's <clears throat> it just makes a lot more sense going into it and thinking of it like from a, like I'm, I'm very much, I'm a big fan of science and technology. <clears throat> so, but when I, whenever I was approaching, uh, animism is actually what, uh, my teacher specialized in. It was just the, uh, uh, the connection between man and nature and, you know, everything has an energy, no matter what it is, it has an energy. It has a life force and energy never, disappears it just spreads out it goes <clears throat> it doesn't actually go away it just you know takes different forms and in that like little bit of understanding made more sense to me than hey there's an invisible person that's gonna judge you no matter what you do in life just you not the people that actually take money from you for him but you know <clears throat> not to like bash on christianity because i don't have a problem with any of it but i'm also like you where as soon as you start making life difficult for one person now you're a problem yeah it's like ba basically i only have a problem with religions once it starts to get into like the extremists because it's like you know the extremist christians i don't like them at all the extremist muslims like with what's going on in iran right now i don't like that at all um anything to where they're taking a faith and they're 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 taking their belief and they're pushing it so far that it's become a negative thing it's i i almost feel bad for those people where it's like, you know, if, if if you believe in a kind and loving God, then why are you not being kind and loving? And that that sort of stuff. But, you know, I mean, 
it's really cool to hear about this other stuff. The the connection between man and nature is like I I think that's why like I love being in the woods so much. Like I had I had last week all on vacation, and we went hiking in a different state park here in Iowa every day of the week, and it was really really delightful. Really oh, delightful, yeah. just being out in the woods and just the sounds of chirping birds and the wind in the trees and ah, I just absolutely love it. And the first couple of days of the week, it was pretty nice out, and then it started turning, getting a little colder, so it wasn't quite as <laughs> quite as enjoyable towards the end of the week. But it was still nice to be out in the woods. And and that's kind of the other thing that that's one reason why I definitely the uh, the sloppy <clears throat> the sloppy in our podcast does a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> when it comes to the description of what I do because I'm I still consider myself still learning because there's so many different things you can learn uh different practices <clears throat> there's you can go deep on certain things and kind of relax on others I don't necessarily have the focus like right now I focus on astrology and energy in general like the the nature base that's one thing I do focus on I don't focus as much on that as I did in the beginning, mostly because I just, I don't want to say, I don't want to like call myself out here, but plants are a big deal. They're a really big deal when it comes to animism. And I would be the type of person to walk outside and stare at some, like, I have no idea what the hell I'm looking at. (laughs) I could like pull out my phone and do like the photo dictionary of, you know, plants or whatever, but that kind of told (laughs) That kind of told me, like, you know, maybe not this. Maybe you got to focus on a different aspect of this. Like, let somebody else handle that. And that was, I was fine with that. And there's, there's lots of different, again, there's lots of different beliefs. Like, there's actually chaos magic, which is a very interesting practice. Like, that's a book that I think no matter what you believe in or anything else, it's, it's a theory and it's a, it's a bunch of writings that I think that everyone should just like, take a look at and if it's not your thing after a chapter or two then by all means put it down but it's just a different way of approaching um that practice chaos magic is one of those things where you hear that phrase pop up in so many different scarlet witch <laughs> yeah exactly like scarlet witch and then lots of other you know fiction fantasy that sort of stuff it's so like what exactly does it pertain to in that it's just a different way of thinking. Um, it's actually hard to explain. Like I'm, that's another thing you'll find out about me is I'm not good at explaining things because I know how I understand. (laughs) I know how I understand it. (laughs) So for me to tell you something and I just got a blank look back, I'd be like, you know what? He at least heard me. (laughs) He might not have understood what I was saying. Um, there it's, it's just a, it's a lot of different things. Like, Oh, I'm trying to think of their, um, there, there's a common saying, but I'm about two beers in and I'm trying to think of how to really put this out. We'll get back to that. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the basement. I can go grab my book real fast. No, while no, talking, but yeah. I'm not trying to make you do homework. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's totally fine. Cause we would, uh, she actually has a first Friday meetings at her shop and no matter what you believe in, doesn't matter. You can show up and just sit around and talk about things like you have, there's one woman who deals in like numerology and she does predict or she does uh, readings for people that call in. You have tarot readers there. 
Um, you just have people that just want to learn whatever they can, whatever they can absorb. And there for a while, we would go into her library, we'd pick a random book, you'd flip to a page, and you would read like the first sentence or the chapter name or whatever you could pick out of that. And you'd put that subject into, it was like this bucket that if anyone wanted to talk about something specific, they'd pass it around and they'd pull out the paper, whatever was said. And that's what you would talk about is be a general discussion. That way you're getting a viewpoint from different beliefs and different, you know, way, I guess, viewpoints and just all around, like, like I said, you can practice animism and you look at a statement one way. And from astrology, you know, you look at it a different way and you just educate each other, really. It'd come down to discussion. No, we're right on. Well, that sounds like a cool environment. And like one was like the biggest worry of a fox is being a fox. I remember that being one and it really just stuck with me like all week. I'm thinking like, you know what? That is like the simplest way to have a deep meaning. It's like the biggest challenge a fox faces is being a fox. And you start thinking about it and then, you, you know, you come to your own conclusions. <clears throat> and so whenever you're ready to tell, like, discuss whatever there is, you bring up your argument or bring up your viewpoint and then everybody else jumps in. That's what was fun about it. Hmm. Yeah. Cause there are different ways to look at a statement like that. Yeah. So that, that was the fun part about it. But then after I stopped, uh, I stopped apprenticeshipping for her. my wife went there and she did her, she put her year in because uh, she was laid off in the pandemic. She's an event coordinator and obviously there were no events during that time. So <laughs> yeah. she, she went in and she actually got the full experience because they had opened up again. They didn't have that entire shutdown. So yeah, she put her, uh, put her year in and then she actually has like three apprentices now. And uh, we have our own, a group or a coven. She started off as a joke. She just called it the children of the corn coven. And that kind <laughs> of be and that became what we were called. And uh, you know, there's we have the uh we have events and get togethers throughout the year. So like what sort of stuff do you do then for like enjoyment in your free time, I guess? Like what sort of hobbies do you got? Oh it's it, it's it's Wednesday, man. It's a new comic book day. <laughs> nice. Did you got like a regular pull list and everything? Um, I only have a few things on my pull list that I don't want to miss because, and I'm a comic book reader. I always have been my entire life, but I'm also a comic collector. So like I might want that variant cover or I might <clears throat> want this certain issue of that or pick up a book because a new writer is joining in. Nice. Do, so, yeah. is, is there like a, like like one publishing house that you're usually following, or do you follow multiples? Um, I always followed Marvel. That's kind of always been my thing. Um, even though like my 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 most favorite comic story came out of DC, and I have yet to find anything that has changed my mind about it, it was a Identity Crisis. <clears throat> That's like hands down one of my favorite stories of all time. And, uh, but I will read <clears throat> image from once in a while or once in a while, like the something's killing the children. Oh yeah. That's my, a good one. I have, uh, my saga collection once in a while I'll dip into like, like it, cause 
I hate to say it, but you can almost tell how a book's going to be by the title. <laughs> because like if it has like a like interesting title and then you read who the author is you're like this is gonna be great because he came up with that <laughs> and there's a few of them out there like that um i think there's like a nice house by the lake <laughs> it sounds like such like so blatantly vague but you know you're thinking man this, this has got to be good <laughs> let me look what he's right it might be like donny cates or <clears throat> anybody that like breaks off and just does their own like single single uh, series you know i will strive for those but i don't like go for those weekly like those are the more i'll collect those in like trade paperback form yeah yeah i there was one of those i picked up like that is a garth ennis book called a walk through hell where i was like oh garth ennis with a brilliant title i have to buy this fuck yes (laughs) (laughs) that's a fucking wild book too i remember when we uh we went to mexico for her uh her cousin's wedding and we're in the airport, and of course they have like a bookstore. And I found a, I found the first volume of Preacher in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of want to buy this, even though it'll serve no purpose other than me saying I have a Spanish version of the first volume of Preacher. <laughs> I did end up buying like a regular, like Green Lantern or something that was all in Spanish just to have one. Oh, that's cool. So how long? Yeah, I've always. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. Was how long have you been collecting for? Um, longer than I can remember, (laughs) because I just say it like that because it it honestly is. Um, I have a picture. I have two. I have two copies of a paper of a local newspaper from 1982. So I was two years old about a uh, comic convention that happened out at our local fairgrounds. And there's a picture of me with some dude dressed up like Spider-Man. And apparently Spider-Man signed one of my copies of that newspaper because it's like to Aaron from Spidey. So, you know, <laughs> be jealous. I got to meet the legitimate wall crawler. And <laughs> like I, I held on to them because it is like they were cool. <clears throat> it was like one of those things that my mom held back for me. It's like sentimental. It's you know from the childhood and this and that. And it wasn't until years later I started. I actually like picked them up and read them. <clears throat> and they were they had, had an entire article in there about the writers that were at the comic convention. And one of them was Frank Miller. I'm thinking like son of a bitch. <laughs> he, <laughs> I'm two years old, so obviously this is before Dark Knight. This is before you know Dark Knight right, or Returns comes out and. What? <laughs> Why the hell was he in Mansfield of all places? You know, my my my, my tiny town. <clears throat> it was like him, and I want to say John Byrne, maybe. Oh, which wow. again, yeah, is awesome because I'm actually getting ready to go back and read, start my Fantastic Four read through with the John Byrne issues. That's one of those titles that I need to go back and read more of. I think it was inspired by uh, She-Hulk, watching the She-Hulk series, because that was like right about the time where She-Hulk joined the Fantastic Four. And of course, you know, I'll start off with that, then I'll go all the way through to past Heroes Return, and then into the Hickman years, and then uh, uh, Matt Faction, whenever he did his, his run to, just because, I don't know, that's... Between the She-Hulk series and then, of course, Mr. Fantastic showing up in Multiverse Madness. That's, <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll just 
don't know why I picked that, but it tend to stick out. And I figure winter time's coming, so there won't be too many outdoor activities or working around the house I need to do. So I just sit on my ass and read some more on top of my already growing collection week to week. <laughs> what was your take on John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic in uh, Multiverse of Madness? I think it's it, it's fine. It served its purpose. Like, just like everybody else, you were seeing the memes and the theories, fan theories, like, years ago. You know, how he would, he's interested in playing Mr. Fantastic, and he'd make a great Mr. Fantastic, and then you heard the chance that he was playing him in that, and, like, that's fine. But it's, the way he played, this is just coming from me, the way he played Mr. Fantastic was he played it as an established character. You know, like you weren't the the only other Mr. Fantastics we've had in the past films are like the beginning. But like the way they all played their characters in that, like even Professor X was just like it's already established, like I don't want to go meta with this, but almost like they're already part of somebody else's MCU. And we're just kind of seeing him for this little bit. I think he did a fine job, but I don't think I would pick him to play the regular, like what's going to become our Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. I I like that take. I've never heard it reasoned that way before. And it makes absolute sense to me because I mean, that's where those characters were in that movie. They, they'd already had their own battle with Thanos and everything that went completely differently. Yeah. And that's what I mean is like, it was for the fans hands down, but it's like, it would, it would be kind of like if you were jumping in, and just watching Civil War as your first MCU movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, there's history there. You don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of how I saw it. And I'm like, and of course, I heard the rumors about Tom Cruise was supposed to play Iron Man, which, again, is just, I think it was just very serviceable to the fans. They gave everybody kind of what they wanted. They gave him another take on Captain Marvel. You actually got a legit Black Bolt. You know, Anson Mount done right, even though I have some complaints about their takes on how they handle some of their other properties like the Inhumans and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, but whatever. What were your gripes on those? It's kind of like, I hate to say it, it's kind of like whenever you're like the unathletic kid back in like elementary school, like... Oh, you're not popular? Yeah, you're not part of our thing. You know, like, Inhumans was put out, and it was made to be part of the MCU. <laughs> but because it flops so hard, they're like, yeah, well, you're not really our... <laughs> we're not claiming you. It's like the <laughs> shitty stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it wasn't... Like, I watched it, and yeah, it wasn't great, but it had potential to, like, get better. <laughs> like and a, I think they kind of saw that, where they brought actually brought Heads and Mount back, because had it flopped and took a shit that bad, you would have brought back the same actor that played Black Bolt in that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really was a nice kind of tip of the hat, at least to Anson Mount for that. Um, I still haven't watched that uh, uh, Inhuman show. <laughs> I, I have not pulled I, the trigger on it. I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you what happened. <laughs> Except uh-huh. for like Medusa got her hair cut off and you know, yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, Lockjaw was kind of cool. <laughs> that's about all I can really tell you. But it seems like they did the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, like everything that happened to that, nah, it didn't necessarily happen. That's a different whatever. Yeah, that Coulson died too, but whatever. 
<laughs> and and given that we had Coulson all the way up till Avengers, he dies in Avengers, comes back in Agents of Shield, even though Nick Fury and Sif made appearances on Agents of Shield, they actually acknowledged Endgame on Agents of Shield and Civil War. That's not really our it's not it's not part of canon. It's something else. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's one of those things where like you work so hard and put a lot of effort into stuff and eh, you know what we're going to go a different direction and that multiverse kind of cops out of that in my opinion but i mean whatever he's he's delivered some awesome stuff to us so he can make all the choices <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um well, like peggy carter or is it peggy carter or agent carter whatever the when the name of that show was they don't really acknowledge mm-hmm. that one too much either and yeah, it's and like if you get on Disney Plus, they actually have the option to watch everything in order. And I don't even know if like that shows up. <laughs> like I, I haven't, you know, I, I've watched that when it first came out, and I never went back to it. But again, I'm one of those people that I think, like when I'm listening to like say like the podcast that you know. We'll even say PCL. I listened to that and everyone's like, oh man, Iron Man 2 sucked. Iron Man 3 sucked. I'm like, I kind of liked Iron Man 2. <laughs> I don't know why you guys hate it. <laughs> I liked Iron Man 2 also. I'm, I'm an apologist I'm like, for it. I'm just like, I don't know why you guys hate it. Yeah, there was about seven stories going on in like one movie, but I mean, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I got War Machine finally. <clears throat> but I'm like that with a lot of stuff. That's what we We've got. Our, our first Black Widow also. And, and like... Mickey Rourke's not good in it, but he's bad enough to be memorable in a fun way. And Sam Rockwell's just fantastic in that movie. Sam Rockwell is on my Rushmore of actors. Oh, yeah, he's great. I mean, because you like look at how he plays like that and then him in, say, The Way, Way Back and in Green Mile and anything. I mean, he's his range is unbelievable. Yeah, he really blew me away in the movie Moon. I haven't seen that. Oh, that one's really good. It's about, he's plays this dude who's like stationed all by himself on this space station. That's on the surface of the moon. And then kind of discovers some wild shit going on. Oh shit. I'm going to write that down. too. <laughs> right next to the other. <laughs> the yeah. Audacity podcast. If you're a Sam Rockwell fan, you'll love that movie. That's one of the other things is movies and TV shows. Like, I don't get to watch as much as I wish I could because I'm just one of those people. Like I have my must watch every week, you know, like the Marvel shows. And then of course, Peacemaker, whenever it was out. (laughs) Oh yeah. I loved Peacemaker. But yeah, there's not too many shows that like they're must watch to me because we don't do cable anymore. We just do nothing but streaming in our house. Yeah. We've been doing that for years now. But like back in the cable days, uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy was like our we have to watch this when it comes out at the time kind of a thing. That was the one show that I remember being like that my wife and I like agreed on. <laughs> we have to see this every damn week. <laughs> we cannot skip this. Like even when we went on like on our trip to Florida, like we have to watch, make sure they like we'll check ahead of time, make sure they have the channel <laughs> that we can watch it down there because like vacation. We got to see what happens to Jack's Teller this week. <laughs> we were that way I'm trying to remember what one of the last shows were it might have been like when Game of Thrones was on 
Like the last thing where it was like, because, you know, that would drop at a certain time of night. And be like, no, we have to watch that Sunday night when it drops. Yeah, that was one that we watched, too. Like we watched. I guess I guess that is another one that we watched uh, all the way up to the very bitter end. <laughs> Dexter, De- Dexter was another one we watched like that until that last season and I think like I think we had like Time Warner and they were having a dispute with Showtime or something so like they dropped the channel totally like halfway through the season but I was okay with it because that last season was so shitty <laughs> like you know what I'm I'm fine not seeing how this ends <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna I've, I've heard that about that um I only watched the first two seasons of Dexter, so I was able to leave it with happy memories. See, I and there's a it's it's kind of hard for shows to stick the landing that you kind of find out about that. Like I felt the same way about True Blood. That was another show that like we didn't oh, have to every watch at the time. Season got worse. And that last season, I'm like, you literally got rid of a character and didn't say why. <laughs> like one of the main characters, you just got rid of her and never explained what happened. She just stopped showing up. So like it, when it comes to those type of shows, like it's scary to get into them because you're like, they're going to drop the ball at any second now. So whenever you have these streaming shows, like say the boys or, you know, stranger things at any moment, you're like, man, when are you going to shit the bed? Cause no, no one has really fulfilled anything yet. Well, the good thing with stranger things is I've heard that they've known their end game since like season one, like when they pitched it to Netflix, they were like, this is how it's going to end. So, and I remember that. So after that's the first good. Se- yeah. After the first season, when they had that, like they had the, I don't want to say end credit scene, but when they just had like the, uh, the narrative pop up on the screen, like what's up with the cabin in the woods and who is this person and what's going on over here. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You guys just kind of told a story. And then the second season starts. Oh, okay. You guys have had this planned out the whole time. And just like Iron Man, I'm not, I I don't really hate on season two of stranger things either. I'm like, it wasn't that terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And like my kids are doing a a kind of a slow rewatch right now. And we've, they've been getting through season two and I haven't even been as excited. (laughs) I'm just like, just like what? I still like it. It's still good. It still has great moments in it. But overall, when compared to the other seasons, I just think season two is the weakest compared to all the rest of them. But it's it's not really a fair comparison because the other seasons are so strong that it really suffers by comparison. Oh, it, it really does. But like that was the season where Steve became okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Where, like where he where he got to shine. Like he actually, you know, in the first season, you're like, what a dickhead. Fuck this guy. <laughs> that's where he becomes. And then the, the second one, you're Steve. like, oh my God, you're awesome as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's where it, that's where his character got established. And that's kind of what I focus on with that. Is like, you know, not so much just the dumb shit that the other shit that happened, but like, okay, that was Steve's season and you know, now he's a great character, but that's the one where he like really came to life. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. That is like the best part of season two, in my opinion, is Steve's character arc and, and everything. The adventure he goes on with Dustin and yeah, totally awesome. The the scene where they, they kind of set up the like a a battle station and that bus in the junkyard and then make their stand there. And that's when they find out there's multiple demo dogs like that scene is awesome. Oh, yeah. And just like the in like the the last episode where he's. I don't know if it was, it wasn't necessarily the last episode, but it was leading up to that where he's like telling Dustin how he does his hair. 
you know, it's such <laughs> so a big brother moment. Yeah, and they're like throwing like steak down, <laughs> you know, like things like that. And then whenever he goes and drops him off at uh, the dance, like you know, moments like that stick out. Yeah, it doesn't make the whole entire season that great, but you know, those moments. <laughs> but I'm also a comic book fan that there's certain times where you can have like a story that's not that great, but like certain moments will make that comic story worthwhile. I'm pretty sure that my 12 year old is going as Steve Harrington for Halloween. And now which, and which season <laughs> that I don't know yet because he hasn't really narrowed it down for me yet. <laughs> like family video, Steve. <laughs> Or wearing the sailor outfit. That's the one that I thought would have been the most adorable if he was like the scoops troop, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Dress him up in that and like have it be all disheveled looking and like put a bunch of fake blood all over his face like he just got beat up and interrogated by Russians. Yes, this is this is him at the end of that season, not you know, whenever you first (laughs) met him and (laughs) he's trying to talk to women. (laughs) Damn season three is so fucking good. It really was, and but it was like it was so good, but it was so over the top, but it was so good you bought into it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so what you're saying is that below this mall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like is that is that less believable than like a, a tear into another dimension? Oh yeah, I, I mean I totally get it, but it's like like the most practical thing that you're like okay below this mall there's a secret base. How far below the mall? A couple hundred miles. Okay, I'm still with you. <laughs> a couple hundred miles. <laughs> like, like it, it again. Like it, it has that whole like like you said. You have a rip into another dimension. So how far is your imagination going to stick? But everything about that season, just like and it, and that season started with season two. Is kind of how I saw it. like he had Billy's character. You know who I kind of thought could have gotten more time in season three. I think he should have gotten a little bit more screen time, but I saw what they did with this character. So, you know, they had to limit it to what he could do because I think about that. Billy was one of the best additions to that show. Oh yeah. I'm a huge fan of a complex villain and, you know, cause at first you meet him and he's just a total asshole. He's a racist, just a, a general piece of shit. And then you see his dad and you're like, oh, fuck, it all makes sense now. This was when when he was a child and he was growing up. This was his example of what a fucking man was and hurt people, hurt people. And so that makes Billy a tragic character. And yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, there was that one moment where he's playing basketball against Steve and knocks him down. And then like he like leans over, gives him the advice, like plant your feet more. Like it's like a total like character switch. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? And then he just goes back to being a dick. So it's like that shred of being a decent person kind of shines through. So you're like, okay, so maybe he's not a total asshole. And then of course the rest of the season happens, and his stepsister almost has to kill him. Oh right, yeah, that shit's intense. Um, see, speaking of uh, recent TV, did you see that show that recently dropped on Netflix called The Watcher? I did not know. It's a new Ryan Murphy series. Oh, cool. And it's uh it's based on a true story about this couple that moves from um the the city in New York out to the suburbs and they buy this big like mansion 
And then right when they move in, they get this anonymous letter in the mailbox that's super fucking creepy. And it's signed by the watcher. And it's basically saying, you know, dear residents of, you know, such and such street address, you know, I, 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 like all this crazy shit, like talking about the family and bringing fresh young blood into the house and, and how he's been watching this house for years. And, and and most people who are come to this house are attracted to it by greed and just generally shit. You don't want to read if you're moving into a new house and you got kids, (laughs) right? No shit. Yeah. And so then all this like creepy shit starts happening and like, like they, like the, their little kids got like a pet ferret and he wakes up in the middle of the night at one point and the, the ferret's like dead in the hallway and it's like head's been smashed in and they find like this neighbor, this like neighbor that's like got um some sort of mental disability or something like that, that he likes to go in the house and like ride the dumbwaiter up and down. And so they catch him in the dumbwaiter and the dad, <laughs> the dad like goes and like, like physically fucking throws him out of the house. And, like, his sister's, like, totally creepy, and she's, like, super obsessed with, like, the historic nature of the house and is, like, yelling at them for, like, making changes to the house and shit like that. And then there's these other neighbors that just live across the street and are, like, it basically just sitting in lawn chairs and have binoculars and just watch their house. And so it's, like, all this fucking creepy shit going on around this house and this huge mystery of who is fucking with these people. And it drags on like that for seven episodes. And then... Ultimately, I I thought it had a pretty disappointing ending, but then when I started looking into like what it's based on, the true story has a disappointing ending as well. Nobody knows who really sent all these letters and terrorized this family and then the people who were living in this house for as long as they did. I'm definitely going to have to watch that too. It's worth watching. You said it's based on a true story, so like I'm waiting on the documentary to come out, you know, next year. (laughs) If this show succeeds, then like most what happened. (laughs) yeah i mean it's uh i don't know even saying that it has a somewhat disappointing ending i would still recommend it it'd probably be like a like a high taste it by like pop culture leftovers rating system (laughs) no 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 no. that's how we rate things these days (laughs) i'll say that to people who don't even listen to podcasts like the fuck you talking about tasting what (laughs) (laughs) thor man go taste thor I mean, give them a low taste. They're like, what are you talking about tasting low? (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought of it like that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how like I I do everything like that. Like I even talked to my wife and like, yeah, I watched Halloween ends. I'm going to toss that. And she's like, what are you fucking, what are you tossing? What are you throwing around the house? No, no, no. It's, (laughs) do I need to, do I need to like pull up an episode and pull out the rating system for you? (laughs) Yeah. I thought Halloween ends was a toss it as well. Like total, total suck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. What did you think of it? I didn't give a shit about the first Halloween. (laughs) Like, I was like, okay. The one from 78? No, no, no. The one from, was it 2018, 2019? Oh, okay. I I watched it and I'm like, all right. The one where he drops the teeth over the bathroom stall? Oh, no, no. I, 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 I get it. (laughs) <laughs> hold, on, hold on a second it's again fucking patronizing me no i'm kidding <laughs> no, no, no. i totally understand it <laughs> but here's the thing is that like whenever you go into a movie and like people are like okay this is gonna be great now what is this a continuation yeah it's a continuation but forget that anything past the first one happened 
like but but a lot of stuff's happened since then i know but <laughs> this is this is our ver- our horror version movie of a what if <laughs> it's basically how i saw this i'm like that's a really good way de- to look at it <laughs> you guys have decades of movie and cinema under your belt and it wasn't all terrible it wasn't all great <laughs> but you have so many different ways of like you have so much history behind it and you build a franchise and now you're like you know what forget all that other shit this is what we want to happen now and so yeah the first one wasn't bad i'll say it wasn't bad i'll give it <laughs> in our rating system i'll give it a a taste it a middle of the road taste it but <laughs> the second a, a three out of five for people who aren't in the know <laughs> Yeah. And so like that one came out and I'm like, okay, that's fine. She killed him. That was pretty a unique way to like trap him and kill him. I'll give him that. And then Halloween kills came out and I watched the first 10 minutes. I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like you took out an entire squad of firemen. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like you're just like, okay, again, it's not even his only squad takedown in the movie. It's just like, and then I saw, you know, uh, Russ Grildwall showed up and he picks up a bat like he's going to take down Michael Myers. Like, okay, that's, again, whatever. <clears throat> so go, I, just, I didn't, Go for the legs. I, yeah, the thing is, I, did, I didn't finish watching Halloween Kills because I just gave up. Like, I'm not even going to finish this. I don't need to, I just need to. Really? You didn't watch, watch the whole thing? No, I didn't finish it. <laughs> I didn't finish it then. Now, hold on a second. This is- <laughs> I have a lot of respect for people who just say no and shut off movies. Oh, no. Yeah, this is how this week went. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I didn't finish Halloween Kills. And then Halloween Ends came out. I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Fuck that. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and then I ended up starting to watch Halloween Ends. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm watching it thinking like, okay. And I stopped like, a half hour in thinking, did I miss, I'm, I'm assuming I missed quite a bit in Halloween Kills, <laughs> but do I need to watch that to understand this shit? Because nothing's happening. Like, where's Michael Myers? Like, where's, Yes, that's where's, a very good question. And I'm like, what, what the hell's happening? And, and now this, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to express this correctly or not. <laughs> if, if that had not been a Halloween movie, it probably would have been great. Like if you would have left Michael Myers and Halloween out of it, it probably would have been a bad movie because it started off kind of like decent. Like you have this kid that had a bad accident. The town looks down on him. There's this one girl that just sees past all that. And I'm like, this, this is kind of neat. But in the back of your mind, like this is a Halloween movie where the fuck's Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Myers turns out to be like the Obi-Wan of fucking horror movies <laughs> like living in a fucking cave. And like, transmitting his anger onto this kid. Now you have to kill this. And they're like, okay, that's where it went downhill. But you guys had the start of a good story before all that had this not been a Halloween movie. And so I finished watching. I actually stopped at the half hour, went back, watched Halloween kills. Still had no idea why the hell I finished watching that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then my wife came home and I'm like, look, I don't need to tell you what happened in Halloween kills, but let's watch Halloween ends because it starts off kind of (laughs) good. <laughs> and so we so we watched that, and I'm like, we get to the very end, and okay, spoiler alert. I don't know if you who has seen this or who hasn't, or if we can talk about this, but nah, spoiler away. Town, let's say the whole town crowds around like it's a fucking you know county fair <laughs> to watch. Like, I don't even, I wouldn't even say it's, it's like the most logical 
way to kill to kill a horror movie monster <laughs> but like in horror movie terms it's the weakest you just throw him in a fucking like industrial car crusher <laughs> a shredder like, yeah it just like it it happened and you're like okay that was anticlimactic <laughs> like this whole town is like a, like i'm sure there was a deeper meaning that either i'm not dumb enough or i'm not smart enough to understand what the hell is going on but see, like, i, yeah, I took it in that see the way they were portraying it is that because of the events in halloween kills where the town gets all riled up by the one survivor played by what was that anthony michael hall yeah rescue Russ grilled griswold <laughs> so they get all riled up by him and he turns them into a vigilante mob they go and they kill that innocent guy at the hospital don't, or don't they cause him to commit suicide or something yeah, like he, that? He, yeah, he jumps out, yeah. And and then a whole bunch of them corner Michael, and then that goes really badly for the entire group. <laughs> so all these people, I mean, and Michael already had a huge body count in that movie. And then, you know, he killed all those firefighters. He killed all that 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 group that, that tried to bring vigilante justice his way. And the town as a result is like, because that's like kind of like the narration uh, coming from uh, Laurie Strode's granddaughter in, in Halloween Ends, if I'm remembering correctly. She's kind of – or maybe it's Laurie that's – no, because it, it, it's Laurie ta- saying it because it's, she's writing her book, right? And she's mm-hmm. talking about how the town has just kind of not gotten better ever since that happened. And they're constantly looking for – since Michael got away that night, they're constantly looking for like a boogeyman to blame things on and – you know, it kind of has that horrible montage at the beginning where it's lots of death and just bad shit happening. And so I, so I we're starting to talk this movie up. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that I think that that moment that with all the town gathered around and actually seeing their boogeyman, I mean, like the the only other way that could have more completely destroyed him would be like burning his body in like a funeral pyre. But instead they turned it up a bit and they're like, let's dump him into like an industrial shredder that usually takes apart cars and everybody in the town's going to gather around, watch his body go through this thing. And now they know that this boogeyman that has plagued this town for so long is finally dead. And it happened before the eyes of everybody in town. That's just the way I read it. It was really the only part of the movie I liked. Because I, I like thought that end have, was pretty fucking cool. They didn't know how to live without fear in their lives kind of a thing. Exactly. That's all they knew is how to like always be on edge. Yes, and this was their first step to healing was seeing, like, look, the boogeyman is... I mean, we got rid of him in the most literally metal way fucking possible. <laughs> he is gone, and now we can begin the healing process. And But the the biggest fault in that movie to me was just what they did to the, the titular character. You can't do that to to Michael Myers. Is he he's he's your lead in all of these Halloween movies, and you're gonna absolutely neuter him in the, in the final movie of this new trilogy? Like what a misstep! Yeah, what an he's stuck in a hole. <laughs> he's he's stuck in a hole, and then he inspires some kid that already killed some child on an accident. Yeah, it was weird. And then and then they had like the Chekhov's radio tower reference and him talking about how he wanted always wanted to climb it as a kid. And then I'm like, oh, he's gonna something in the finale. Maybe maybe Allison's gonna have to run away from him by climbing the tower. It's nope, nope, he just burns it down. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, well that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. It's 
like I said, it, to me, it started off as a decent movie. Like this could be something great, but then again, you keep thinking it's just a Halloween movie. So Michael Myers has to show up, and this doesn't fit. Now, whenever he killed himself, I thought that was kind of clever. <clears throat> whenever the kid was like, he he knew that his girlfriend knew how much her mom hated him, so he was going to do like the whole setup that you know she stabbed him, and it was it was very much like that whole like problematic okay there's a prop there, there's a situation i'm just going to assume you killed this kid and all that like i thought that was kind of neat but at the same time like that was just a weak ending for a character that could have been more so yeah i'm done dogging on halloween ends <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it is a total toss it in my opinion though it's uh, ugh. Yeah. We just told you the whole movie. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> it's I mean, really it's, did. it's spoiled for you there, so. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Michael dies at the end. And, like, it just, it's like, there wasn't even, like, a struggle. Like, he was just, like, <laughs> like he didn't, like, there was no fighting back. He got out swinging. He just fell into a, you know, a shredder. <laughs> like, okay, that was it. <laughs> and another thing I didn't care for, and maybe it's because I was raised on Friday the 13th movies, where, like, Murder was Jason's art. <laughs> he could look down and MacGyver a way to kill you out of whatever the hell he had in his hand or find something. But in these movies, his way of killing people were just picking them up, choking them, and smacking them against something. Like he, I, I get it that Michael Myers thing is like that kitchen knife. That's his symbol. That's his whole deal. But he could, he could just kind of come up with something better. And maybe I'm getting ruined by like all the Hostel and Saw movies where people just drop acid in hardware stores and think of ways to kill people, but I don't... <laughs> it's like you couldn't come up with something better than choking and slamming them against the wall. That's that's my critique about it. Yeah, I mean, they totally neutered Michael Myers in that movie. They made him boring, and he's barely in it, and, and you know, that, that kid Corey's the one who does the most of the, the kills in the movie, and his kills are kind of boring, too. I mean, the one where he puts the blowtorch in the kid's mouth, that was pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, but, that was but, that. But otherwise, they were kind of boring. Out. Yeah. Uh, and and also, like they Halloween. continued this trend of of making it so that the people that get killed in these movies are the people that you want to see get killed. And so, rather than it like having any sense of fear, it's like, why well, you you don't have sense of fear when a character you don't like is about to meet their end? You know, by the end of a butcher knife, <laughs> like you don't feel bad about that. So there's no fear that comes for it. And yeah, I don't know. Um, because I just remember that first Halloween movie, like it, it the, like the 78 one. That was a scary movie. It was a legit scary movie. And Halloween ends, there, it wasn't scary really at all. Yeah. Went out with a real whimper. What a bummer. Yeah, because he wasn't even Michael Myers and he was just the shape. Yeah. Yeah, because they... like, I loved the, uh, the 2018 one. I thought it was great. I was like, holy shit, yeah, give us two more movies of this. And then each one sucked mo successively more than the last. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't get into them. Like, I, I saw what they were trying to do, and after that first, I'm like, you know what? Fine. That's cool. That was a creative way to kill somebody and, like, actually trap the monster that's hunting you. You became the hunter, and I appreciate that. <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, enough dogging on Halloween. Speaking of hunters... <laughs> What about a? Did it, did anybody ask for this Spider Verse? 
Which one? Like the Sony stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sony executives have been asking for it, but they're about the only ones that I can think of. Like, and and that's and that's part of the fun that I have with you know PCL is just the news that <laughs> he brings up because they do like you know they 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 get all these scoops and stuff and of course the speculation starts. But as soon as we're like, we're going to make Craven the Hunter movie, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Can't you like take all that money, donate to charity, and make a lot more people happy? <laughs> like, could you just not? <laughs> like, of all the characters you want to make a movie of, why Craven? <laughs> well, and after how amazing is Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. So after amazing, how amazing his performance in Bullet Train was. I'm like, oh man, I I'd love to see him do a comic book movie. It's just too bad it's going to be fucking Craven the Hunter with Sony. I mean, what a bummer! It's just a a waste of a of massive talent, in my opinion, because he's they could have totally slotted him right back into the MCU in a different role and have him be unrecognizable. Because when he was in Bullet Train, it wasn't until the credits at the end of the fucking movie where I was like, holy shit, that was Aaron Taylor Johnson. Exactly. It. I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> I know Sony just wants to like go down swinging with these, uh, Spider-Man character movies, but you really should have learned your lesson with Morbius because <laughs> nobody was asking for that. Because anytime I even try and think about Morbius, <laughs> and this is me, someone I've read comics my whole life. Anytime I think about Morbius, I try and delete the high collared seventies look like, I'll at least go to like the look he had in the Midnight Suns era of the '90s, where it was like bondage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll at least go to that one. <clears throat> and so, as soon as I heard oh, we're making a Morbius movie, like, no, you're making a vampire movie. Let them <laughs> don't tarnish a C-rate comic book character. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The more time that's gone on, the more the more affection I have in my memory for Matt Smith's performance in that movie. And that's the other thing is that they throw they, they throw great actors in these movies, but they're in shit parts. It's like, couldn't you have like saved him for I don't know, the new Electro or something? <laughs> like made him like the chameleon, you know, made him a better character where he could actually put his acting chops to like work. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you threw him as like the villain in a shitty movie. No, oh, he had some great chewing the scenery scenes in it, though. I fucking loved it. <laughs> He's definitely someone that just keeps like dipping out and then popping back up. Like, mind you, that wasn't his, you know, best moment ever. But now that he's got House of the Dragon going on, yeah, or got hot D, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> the best acronym. It's so funny. Have you been watching yeah. that? No, <laughs> yeah. I we 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 started watching it, and it's one of those things where I need to. I'm, I know this sounds dumb considering I just compared it to Sons of Anarchy, but that's that's something I'm at the binge all in one day. Like I need to treat something like that like a movie because this all started with streaming <laughs> because that's just how I am. So like whenever you can binge something all day, if you go to watch the new episode, you have to watch the previous episode to like refresh yourself. And between that and Lord of the Rings, I'm like, you know what, the House of the Dragon is. Game of Thrones, and I'm not saying it's depressing, but it's just darker than I really want to like worry about. Week oh, it's to week. dark as fuck. So <laughs> I'm just going to focus on Lord of the Rings when it all when it completes. I'll watch. I'll binge all of it, 
I have caught like the first four episodes just to at least get established with, you know, the story and all that. And, but like House of the Dragon, I'm just, I don't know. It's to me, you know, being a fan of both of the original materials, you have these, both these series, both set in the past. So you kind of have to disconnect it, but still relate it to what's going to happen. Like with House of the Dragon, you're like, yeah, here in the future, your great grandma is going to just die. She's just going to get stabbed. She should have taken over the throne, but she's going to get stabbed. But the story they tell in between those two, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, what I just said. Oh, no. I, I pretty much, I mean, I, I I haven't read Fire and Blood, but I have the History of Westeros book. And so mm-hmm. I, I know how the the Dance of Dragons ends. Like, I know I'll who see. eventually ends up on the crown. Or I know who eventually ends up on the Iron Throne when it's all said and done. And there's barely any Targaryens left. Now, is that the Game of Thrones story or is that the current story, the House of Dragons? Well, House of Dragons is telling like the definitive story and George R. R. Martin's actually involved with the writing and all that. Okay. So I'd imagine he's not going to directly contradict the broader strokes that he's already written in the history. It's the the shading in between these broader spro- strokes where he's able to really bring things to life. Because there's been some subtle changes so far in the way that it's depicted in the text, because Fire and Blood is written from an account of basically the unreliable narrative or narrator, where it's two different perspectives on this history. One was written by Rhaenerys's court jester, a dude named Mushroom, and the other was written by some maester that uh, was privy to events at the time in King's Landing. And so even their two accounts subtly argue with each other in the telling of the, in the story of Fire and Blood. But regardless, the histories that are in this like history of Westeros book, it, it still lays out the, you know, the the names of who was on the the Iron Throne at when, and so yeah, I'd, I'd imagine he's not going to change those things. It's just that he's filling out more in greater detail and a definitive storyline of what happened, the events of the Dance of the Dragons, which yeah. is pretty cool. But the thing that makes it interesting with Rings of Power. It's like, I, I can argue that it's not an apt comparison because Game of Thrones is like this really dark, I mean, granted there's dragons in it, but it's it's closer to like the analog of, of history than what Rings of Power would be because Rings of Power is a very high fantasy concept, you know? And uh, so it's not really an apt comparison, but there is a comparison that can still be made there. And like you were saying that this is, these are both prequel stories and there's text out there that you can find to kind of know the broad strokes of what's going to happen in the way that they're just filling out those finer details in there. And it could be because I've been doing PCL OTR and doing these breakdowns and deep dives into each episode. And so that means each episode of rings of power. I've watched like a minimum of five times and like when, when it'd be the, the episodes that I would take breakdown notes on, it would take me like four hours to watch an episode. And just because you'd pause it and then write more bullet points and then pause it and write more bullet points, <laughs> you just do that forever and ever. And so it's like, I feel like I just had such a, like a, a deeper connection to rings of power that it's, I'm biased in my mind, but, but if I'm comparing the two, I'm saying like, I liked rings of power so much more. Um, 
because I, I was watching those on the first time, like the as, as soon as I could get them, and <clears throat> lucked out with with uh, Rings of Power also because we were getting streamers, so we were able to watch them on Tuesdays. And uh, man, I'm sad oh, that it's done, and we're gonna have to wait till like fall of 2024 for it to come back. Oh shit! Two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did well, you think? Well, I haven't finished it yet. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but what I have seen, and then, and again, I I feel the same way about it. Where it's just like I'm more interested in that story than I am the tar- the Targaryens, because again, Lord of, or Rings of Power is a lot of story. Or like it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, world to tell, as to where. Game of Thrones is more like just focused on that one aspect. I just, and maybe it's because I'm more of a Lord of the Rings fan than I ever was a Game of Thrones fan. Like, yeah, Game of Thrones is great, but it's just, to me, it was just more interesting. But yeah, Game of Thrones has had that, it's had that thing where it's almost like a bingo card of Game of Thrones where it's like, okay, we have the violence, we have the treachery, we have the incest. Not Game of Thrones without a little incest. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're following their own, you know, their own checklist here. But like Lord of the Rings, you're watching it, almost waiting for them to like fuck up. Like, oh, that didn't count. No, they 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 followed it pretty well from what I've caught so far. Like they stayed pretty true to the original story. And I'm I was I was actually looking online. I was going to contradict what I've already said about like you know prequels and stuff. And I know how this ends. Um, after the new Quantum Leap came out, my wife, I don't know how, and I, I'm going to apologize for it now. She's never seen any Quantum Leap. She didn't even know what it was. Oh, I don't wow. know how that's possible. <laughs> I know. I know. If you're I a certain her. age, how is that possible? And I'm assuming she's around your age. <laughs> yeah, she's a few years younger, but still, it's no excuse. <laughs> how have you not accidentally stumbled upon Quantum Leap? So I had to explain to her the concept of it. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to go back and watch Quantum Leap. And so nice. we start with the first episode. And it's the one where Sam, uh, he leaps into a baseball player. And he's talking about how he's like, I know how this game ends. And Sam says something like, he's like, look, I was taking Cindy, you know, whatever the hell, into the filing cabinet room back on our first date. I knew who that was going to end, but I still went through with it. And I'm like, that makes so much sense, and it contradicts everything I've ever said about prequels. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I knew how it was going to end, but I still went through with it. You know, like, like son of a bitch, Sam. You and Ziggy. <laughs> I loved watching that show when I was a kid. It was one of those ones where I'd watch I mean, with my mom and dad. Exactly. I, I'm, It was interesting just because, like, the setup, and of course that was back then, before, you know, like modern television stuff, like that set up at the end of every episode is like, son of a bitch, now I really can't wait for next next week. <laughs> yeah, because you'd see him jump into the next body, and so you're like, oh, and I'm going to taste of what next week's adventure is going to be. And of course, everyone remembers, like, the, the Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> like, there's always like those certain episodes they remember. But with this new series, I know it really wasn't the greatest starting off. I'm like, there's been so much history since Quantum Leap ended and this new one started that I would love to see where they could tackle if done right. Yeah, and I haven't watched anything of this new one yet. I've kind of been holding back and waiting what 
see what other people say. Um, it's like, I, I just don't have very much time and there's so much shit I want to watch. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, and that list just keeps growing. It sucks. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the problem with being, you know, in the whole group of, cause like most of my watching cues come from PCL or scenic cast or anything I listen to. Like I haven't finished your uh, last scenic cast episode, but you mentioned, um, what was it? Rosalind. Oh yeah, that ended up being a really fun movie. I couldn't fucking believe yeah, it. Yeah, we watched on, it last on, night. Uh, Hulu. <laughs> yeah, just like based on your guys' like recommendation, I'm like, oh, oh, let's put it on and watch it. So we watched that last night. What'd you think? And oh, it was funny. It was really <laughs> good. Like, <clears throat> like right off the bat, whenever she does the whole like, why are you talking like that? Like that set the tone for everything right there. And then I ended up like adding the. Uh, soundtrack to my apple music <laughs> like i'm gonna listen to this version of an enrique iglesias song <laughs> <laughs> uh, what movie was it uh do revenge it had a it's a movie on netflix with uh with maya hawk from stranger things mm-hmm. and uh it's got a great soundtrack on it where it's got uh a symphonic version of omc's how bizarre <laughs> and like right when I heard it on the show, I was like immediately like looking everywhere for like you have to show me the music for this show or this movie. And I eventually found it and then went through, typed it into YouTube music, and sure enough, popped right up and was able to listen to it on the spot a couple times. This fucking gotta love this modern world we live in. <laughs> it's so awesome. Be like, I want to listen to this song now, and you pull the magic box out of your pocket and it plays the fucking song for you. Oh yeah. The only time that I've had that kind of a, this might be a, a quick transition to a more geekdom, was, um, shit, what was it? The Kevin Smith, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Oh, yeah, that's a they, great movie. They played a song in there that I had never heard before, but I sw- I'm like, fuck, that's live. Uh, like, that's hilarious. As soon as you said that, I was like, I wonder if he's talking about that live song. Yeah, hold, hold me up. And I'm like, that's a fucking live song. When the fuck did they put that out? I've never heard it before. And it was an unreleased track. So automatically, I'm like, son of a bitch, the only time I can get this version is I have to find a burnt copy of it or I have to find, you know, a pirated copy of it. Well, it was supposed to be on their first album, but Throwing Copper. Oh, no and shit. It was supposed to, now I get this, it was supposed to be on that and just randomly, because I'd have to go to YouTube to listen to it because I love that song. That was an amazing song. And I went to YouTube one day, and it showed up on Live's YouTube channel. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. They wouldn't put that on there unless it was released. Well, it was the anniversary of Throwing Copper, and now it's available to like purchase. Oh, they put it on for the anniversary edition? Yes. That's fucking awesome. I, oh, I, I immediately downloaded it, and I actually won it in our wedding, and it turned out to be background music in our wedding. So, you know, can't win all your battles. <sighs> yeah, that Throwing Copper album's great. Yeah, and and that's what it was. Like, man, that, I was actually surprised that that song was that old. On top of that, that they never released it because I think it's an amazing song. But the fact that they actually ended up releasing it on the anniversary, so yeah, I had to download that too. Yeah, I alone used to be one of my campfire songs. Fucking that good. was one of those <laughs> those bands that like, like I when I was in high school, I listened to mostly rock. Like, it was barely. 
not not a whole lot of hip hop, not a lot of a lot of rap, not a lot of country. If it was catchy, yeah, sure, but it was mostly rock and stuff. But like, Live was one of those bands that like you kind of held like, okay, what's the next hit gonna be? What's the next hit gonna be? But yeah, I agree. Throwing Copper was an amazing uh, album. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, because that's I I had more or less those same like music. It, it sounded like you were listening to a lot of the same shit in high school that I was. Um, I also listened to lots of super heavy shit though too. So I, I might have went a little heavier than you. You never know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I whenever Ozfest came through, we were like made sure to be there. <laughs> there you Oz, go. Oz, we were Oz totally listening thing. to the same kind of music in high school. <laughs> I remember how upset I got when Corn wasn't going to be. And this is this is the <clears throat> this is the irony, kids, of growing up. Is I, I remember how being upset I was when Corn got canceled from our Ozfest that was coming through. Because I was a huge corn fan, like you know, I was pissed off. Like fuck, you know, they're not gonna come here to see him, whatever. Now, fast forward, fuck, twenty five years later, this year, my wife works at the Ohio State Reformatory where they filmed Shawshank, and they have a uh, festival there one weekend out of the summer called uh, Incarceration. It's a tattoo and music festival. Well, corn headlined Friday night. And my wife actually gave a tour of the prison to Jonathan Davis. And I'm just kind of like, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> like, had I been 20 years old, I probably would have been flipping out, but I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, cool, cool for you, honey. That's great that you got to give a rock star a <laughs> tour of the haunted prison, but. <clears throat> <laughs> and this here is where Andy Dufresne had his asshole pushed in by a bull queer named Kramer. Exactly. That's, we don't have much in this town, but we have the Shawshank. <laughs> we have stand-ups everywhere. <clears throat> have you done that tour then? No. <laughs> Your wife gives because the I, tour and you haven't gone in and done it? Oh, no. Well, there's there's different kinds of tours you can give. Like, oh, okay. Like they, have the, they have the haunted tour. Like, they actually turned the prison into a haunted house this time of year. That's, it's called the Blood Prison. Is this and, is this just like a historical site now, or is it still an active yeah. prison? No, it's a historical just site. Just a historical like, site. Okay, so it's a, no longer an active correctional facility. Oh, no, no. That's like 300 feet away. That's where we have the maximum security prison we call Mansi. <laughs> so there's a so, haunted house, old abandoned prison 300 feet away from a maximum security site? Yep. <clears throat> yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah, welcome to Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the whenever like and i always tell people i know it's like probably not good for business but like don't go on your prison tours right now because half of it's haunted house any other time during the year you can tour the entire prison the old school cells and stuff like the ghost brothers which is one of those ghost hunting shows on discovery channel they just released an episode where they were in Mansfield, and it, it to me, it's just kind of like you know whatever because they'll show like an overhead shot of it, like all dramatic scooping it. I'm like, yeah, I've delivered food to my wife through that door, so it, <laughs> <laughs> it's, lost it's, the magic. <laughs> exactly, like oh, watch out! Like, don't get me wrong, we played Dungeons and Dragons in that in that prison a couple times because that's usually what I do on Wednesday nights. <laughs> play Dungeons and Dragons, and we we we've played there a couple times, and I had to take a piss, so I had to walk down a few hallways to the bathroom and on my way back i'm like yes yeah, i can see why this is creepy because it's really quiet 
<laughs> it's an old prison. A lot of people have killed themselves in this place. Well, I was going to say, the place has got to have weird energy to it still. <laughs> I mean, did you pick up on anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... I, I could tell you some stories about... Uh, well, Please? actually, you know what? Li- <laughs> listen to the Sloppy Man Witch podcast, where we discuss stories about what happened at the prison. <laughs> uh, the, there's... There's there's been quite a few things. Um, there's guys that have worked there, like tour guides and maintenance people that have worked there for years. Um, there's a certain cell. I want to say it's a uh, it's a place in solitary confinement where like the energy is really really bad. And in that Ghost Brothers episode, they actually sat the one guy down. He had to spend some time in there. Um. And that was another thing about the show is we're watching the episode and like they show these people that are telling their stories. I'm like, I know you. I've partied with you. I don't like you. You know, <laughs> just these like list of people like I know all these people talking. <laughs> but uh, but like there's a place called the warden's office, and before they do their, they actually have ghost hunts too. Like you have like your regular tours, and then like scheduled weekends they go in with like the ghost hunting equipment and this and that they get to spend the night there touring the place doing the em or the like the i i can't i don't know what the word is the emp maybe evp there you go <clears throat> what, what elect- said. electronic voice phenomenon is that what yeah. it is sure <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, sure. Let's go with that. that. <laughs> you know, that's not a smart my ghost hunting thingy comment that I made. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they start off in a room where it's like, okay, we're going to discuss the rules. And out of nowhere, a girl like the lights went out, and a girl passed out. And when she woke up, she had scratches all over her. Wow. <laughs> and there's people that my wife's worked with where it's like, yeah, something's pulled my hair before, and I've been shoved before. And I've been attacked. Like it might not be like a full on like prison beat down, but you know, whenever you're just walking down the hallway, next thing you know, you're getting assaulted by something that's not there. <clears throat> Dude, so, full yeah, body, full body shivers. That's fucking creepy. Oh yeah. And I, I wouldn't and want to go back in the building. Like if, I, if I'm like just standing here podcasting and all of a sudden something shoves me into the laundry basket next to me, like I, I, I'm not going to want to come mm-hmm. back. <laughs> oh no no it's there's uh my wife has actually sent me uh like they have like obviously they have security cameras everywhere she sent me a picture and she's like so this is the camera on cell block you know whatever and i got freaked out by the spider that's on the camera because like a spider walking across the camera she goes, and then i looked harder and you see like a shape in a doorway oh fuck that <laughs> but and and you know, my wife, she's an administrator there. She's one of the manager's supervisors. So when it comes to the end of the night, she has to walk around and lock up the old prison. <laughs> so mm-hmm. kudos to her. <clears throat> so, yeah, if we ever have like a leftovers get together in Mansfield, you know, we can all take a big tour of the, the prison. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be intense. <laughs> I think it was when I had Tristan on. He was saying he's a he's a hard pass on doing something like that. <laughs> Well, that's when I was listening, like, last, the last one I listened to was uh, you and Leo, and you were talking about the haunted places. I'm like, son of a bitch, I want to be on this conversation. <laughs> Bring Leo out to the prison. Well, I, I feel like recently, like, the last two shows I've watched thinking they were going to be really good, like, haunting-type shows between The Midnight Club and The Watcher, 
neither of them ended up being good haunting shows. And so I feel like I've been teased on that lately. And so, yeah, I listened to your episodes of Sloppy Man Witch podcast where you're talking the ghost stories and stuff. I thought that was great. And then I started listening to some uh, some different uh, YouTube videos also where it just had a bunch of scary stories. And some of those were pretty good. But um, but yeah, it was like too many of them. It was, it was just like a scary story. And it's like, no, I specifically want a ghost story. It must mm-hmm. be a ghost story. This is what I'm in the mood for. This is what I need. And yeah, I was having trouble getting those, but I'm going to continue my search. Uh, I'll be a talk slut right now and say uh, Jim Harmon's Campfire is a good one to listen to because that's when people call in Excellent. and tell stories. Because uh, I actually have a friend that's called in a couple times about her Bigfoot experiences. Okay. And please relate her Bigfoot experiences. What happened? Um... They weren't actually like encounters, but uh, she's they're very much into camping and they would like rent cabins and, you know, obviously be out in the wilderness and stuff. And they would actually record like the whooping that is commonly known as like the Bigfoot language and how they, you know, communicate with each other. They uh, she would actually play some of this like there's no other animal that they could relate this to. The, the noises that they've recorded. Hmm. I've heard owls make really wild noises before where they almost sound like monkeys. Owls are one of the weirdest goddamn animals ever. <laughs> have you ever seen like an owl that they picked up the feathers on and like they have these long legs? Yeah, yeah, they're creepy looking. <laughs> they're just fucking weird ass animal. <laughs> I've heard monkeys, or not, not, I've heard owls like call to each other. And then it's like their calls get more exciting, and then it sounds like the hooting of monkeys, where it like See, turns into the, like whoop whoop whoop, and it'll turn into what 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 what, and it's like what the fuck was that? <laughs> and that's how like the Bigfoot legend continues. <laughs> 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 and that's another thing that they had at the prison uh, right around. I think it's going to be April or May. The uh, April or May of every year, they have something called Paris Icon. And it's like everything. It's the psychics. It's the Bigfoot experience. It's the people that do the multiple, multi, multi-dimensional talk and experiences. They just have these. They have this convention where they have people come in. They give seminars. They give like little speeches. They sell all kinds of crap. Yeah. And uh, Brooke was actually going to get in on that too because she has some things she's wanted to sell, but. I think they sold out tables, but I told her to get on the wait list. (laughs) And one of Joe Rogan's old stand-up specials, I know lots of people hate Joe Rogan these days, but one of his old stand-up specials, I think it's called Rocky Mountain High. He's got this really great Bigfoot joke on it, talking about the the guy who made the Patterson footage, that Mm -hmm. famous film that everybody's seen of... Like the old grainy footage of Bigfoot like walking across a creek bed and kind of turning and looking at the camera while striding yeah. along. Well, apparently this guy on his deathbed like admitted that like he was in the costume of the, you know, he was the one that was like on that film footage. And and so Rogan's like making this joke about it, like because people like argue about that and say, what if they went out there? to film fake footage. And then while they were there, they actually caught footage of a genuine Bigfoot. <laughs> like that's how they still argue that the Patterson footage is valid. <laughs> and he's like, imagine the mind fuck if you're going out there 
you have a rubber Bigfoot suit on, you're putting it on. It's a female Bigfoot suit at that. And then you turn around and there's a real Bigfoot standing there and he's horny and he's got his dick out and it's the size of a cop's flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) And it starts fucking the guy and your buddy's like, I don't know what to do. Should I keep filming? (laughs) And the guy in the suit just like... (laughs) It's a fucking hilarious joke. Think what you will of Rogan. That bit's fucking hilarious. And I can actually speak on that. It's like, like Rogan these days... You know, whatever, you know, it's one of the greatest lines of anything that sums up so many people in so many situations came from a comic book movie. And that is you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain Mm -hmm. that covers so much. And even in this aspect, because I remember watching Joe Rogan back when I was like 16 and he was telling jokes that I laughed at because they sounded funny, but didn't make sense till I got old enough to experience them. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, back, I mean, he's actually had jokes that were like, man, that makes a lot of damn sense. <laughs> like, he's, I know he's just telling jokes, but, like, his the thought process behind it, yeah. And, then of course, nowadays he's just multi-millionaire podcaster and all kinds of troublesome, but whatever. <laughs> Patton Oswalt had something really, really great to say about it. He brought up Joe Rogan on his uh, Patton's newest special that's on Netflix right now. And a bunch of people in the crowd, like, boo when he says Rogan. He's like, hey, Joe's a good guy. I've known him for years. But they gave him $100 million and he went fucking crazy. <laughs> he's like, do you know how crazy I'd go if they gave me $100 million? No shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember, and I, I remember, like, of course, growing up, like, I pretty much watched Fox Channel because it was, you know, The Simpsons and then Married with Children and then whatever else they were throwing at you. I remember him being on some show. I don't even think it ran for an entire season. Hardball. But no, yeah, that Hardball is one of them. I think Jim Brewer was in that too, right? Ah, oh, fuck, it might have been. But I, I just, I've, I, I used to listen to like almost all of Rogan's podcasts, and then when he switched to Spotify, I pretty much quit listening. Um, See, I've only so listened I to just one... listen to every once in a while. If he's got a comedian on that I really like, or like a scientist or something, I'll check it out. But. That's the only time I listen to him, or I would listen to him, is when he had somebody on that I wanted to hear about. Like Rob Zombie gave a really good interview. Oh, and, he uh, was great, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, Maynard Keenan. You know, like I like hearing about their stories because you're actually like hearing from the artist and not listening to the album. You know, like that's when I would listen to Rogan. And then I, of course, that backfires too because I listened to Neil Grass Tyson, and he was one of the most. He was like the worst person I've heard talk. <laughs> like, like I'm listening to you like dude I wish you would just shut the fuck up uh, yeah he did not come across very well on his appearances no. on Rogan like I don't know if he was just too excited to be there or but he came across being very kind of egotistical on there well, well yeah cause like he would stop talking and like Rogan would give him like two to three seconds of like pause time and then try and say something and then like he would start talking again <laughs> Like, no, I wasn't done yet. I was waiting on the reaction. <laughs> oh, oh, I do like him on the co- on that show Cosmos that he did, though. Great. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. he's a good scientific communicator, and he's he's able to talk about something that a lot of people find boring, and he's able to talk about it in a way that, that, that makes people interested in it. And that right there is worth the price of entry to me. But, but I know there's plenty of people out there that, that don't care for the guy. Well, like, I, like, 
given given his own devices, yeah, fuck him. But if it's like written for him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's not a writer, he's a speaker. <laughs> what was the most recent yeah. thing? Because he's always, you know, putting his opinion out there to ruin movie magic. And the last one I saw was in Top Gun Maverick, when Maverick uh, um, ejects from that plane going at, you know, Mach 10 or whatever. Like, a human body actually wouldn't survive that. And it's like, okay, that's the part of the movie you're going to nitpick. Come on, man. It's like, but on the other hand, cool, yeah, science, that's neat. But <laughs> Well, that's just it. Like, he knows where his name is established, and he's going to, like, jump on pop culture to, like, have that relevance. Like, oh, pop, uh, like, you know, Mavericks, Mavericks pop or popular right now? Hold on. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let let me, me tweet about it. Let me, let me fact check you real quick. But uh, <laughs> oh, back to the beginning, there was a there was a there was a show that Rogan was on, and I think the premise of the show is where these people owned a uh, they owned like a timeshare, like a beach house, <clears throat> and they would just meet there and have adventures, <laughs> you know. And then every I've week never heard of that show before. I honestly couldn't tell you what it was even called. I'd have to IMDB it, but it was, it was him. And, you know, being a kid watching this, like, okay, I get the premise and stuff. And of course there's a lot of sex involved in everything. And I remember there was this one, one episode where there was like the fat guy of the group. And of course all the women on there are attractive and, you know, overly sexualized and everything. And the fat, one of the, the fat guys talking like one of the girls and he's all like, speaking from the heart and he's like, you know, I don't get girls. So I see all the mistakes that guys make with girls like you and really laying it on thick. <laughs> and so they end up sleeping together that night on the show. And the next morning he comes down, he's telling all the guys in the house about it and stuff. Now I just remember the, the joke, the, the setup of the joke. And it was like, they're asking him about the sex and everything. And he's all like, did she scream? And he goes, yeah, once when I rolled over on her. And I couldn't stop laughing as a kid. Like, eh, he's fat. <laughs> That's all I got out of that entire thing. <laughs> but yeah, I remember Hardball and I remember that episode. <laughs> like, you know, how stupid that was as a kid. Like, as I look back, I'm like, okay, that was kind of a shitty thing, but whatever. <laughs> was it Bruce <clears throat> Testone's fashion photographer? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb about. right now to try and figure out what this was. He has nine episodes of Hardball and then a TV short in 97 called Bruce Testones, fashion photographer. And he's credited as playing the Bruce Testones or Testonies, however you want to say it. Then he had news uh, radio. I knew he was in that. And then apparently one episode of Just Shoot Me and then a handful of different movies and stuff. So you gotta love his uh, IMDb profile where he has hair. <laughs> the picture that was taken, like obviously in the late nineties. Yeah, that was. God, I could not remember that show. Pre HD HGH. So you need to have like a Joe Stark after dark. <laughs> Joe Stark like, after dark. Joe Stark like, after dark. <laughs> it's like this is the conversation I had after my guest <laughs> when we figured something out. <laughs> <laughs> After we did our research over the bullshit we talked about the whole time. <laughs> but I definitely remember he was in that he was in that show. It didn't last very long. It only lasted like a handful of episodes because that was back when Fox was trying out anything. And apparently he was their bitch because he was in everything they put out. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I miss what his podcast used to be like, but you know, hey, good on him. If, if, some, if all of a sudden Spotify reached out to me and they were like, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of money to put, make Start Class exclusive on our pot, on our platform, I'd be like, where do I sign? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know, kudos to anybody who, who's able to like, you know, make a living and let alone make a fortune off doing podcasting. Hats off to you. Um, oh, no kidding. I'm just waiting on the day they call us and be like, hey, sloppy man, which we're going to give you guys, you know, a multi-million dollar contract. <laughs> like, oh, really? Like, man, I just fucking with you. <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> no, nobody like, knows who the fuck you are. <laughs> I would just be like, I'm going to tip my hat to that because that's a great joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that was just mean. <laughs> you could have you could have not done that. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect that you did because you get the whole joke. 457 titles he has under his IMDb. They're mostly UFC shit. Oh, I was going to say, those <laughs> like, are probably really all. Yeah, because I just went to the actor profile. <laughs> that I went to like see all, and it's like UFC, this and that. But they only go back so far. That's the. You know what? Fuck Joe Rogan. <laughs> what the fuck? In fact, Joe Rogan? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that we actually said that the first time we had the, uh, we did Sloppy Manwich podcast, not the Sloppy Manwich podcast. I think I actually just said fuck, fuck Joe Rogan and that whole thing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were hardcore back then our first episode. <laughs> have you ever thought about, like, connecting with any of those guys, like, via Skype or anything and have them on for an episode of your new incarnation of your show? I mean, not not necessarily because we went a different direction with it. Like whenever we did it beforehand, it was literally just us bullshitting. Like there was no witch involved in it. It was just like I came up with a snappy title and I'm like, fuck it. This is what I'm going to call it. But then we never like followed through with like what we said the title was going to be. <laughs> I got it was you. literally just us bullshitting. Like it was, it was happening right around election time. <laughs> and I remember telling the joke of, like election night or several nights this past election we just had where like watching the polls and everything was like watching old school wrestling. <laughs> if you were like a Democrat fan, it was like watching Hulk Hogan getting choked out. And all of a sudden he grabs that last bit of strength to start shaking his hand. It comes back at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there was no witch involved in that. It was just basically, I think of the whole, reason i brought them in is like here's three people that don't believe in god <laughs> what you can boil it down to it's <laughs> a great prerequisite <laughs> hey, we, we aim low <laughs> do you believe in god i do you're out of the fucking group <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck invited you it's a call and grow up <laughs> yeah go back to your tithing you chick <laughs> Oh boy! You give your ten percent. Ah, dude, uh, it's been great having you on. No, no, I appreciate it. I've listened every week, and now I finally get to be. And like I told you, after C two E two, I you got a hold of me and so did Lenny. I'm like, I feel like the prettiest girl at the ball. Everybody wants to dance with <laughs> the sloppy man witch. <laughs> absolutely yeah we'll have to do it again sometime in the future anytime man (laughs) so yeah plug your podcast again let people know where they can find you okay we are the sloppy man witch podcast if you want us to brooke and i 
wax poetic about things we want to sage and save, you'll get more of the reference if you actually listen to it. If you want to listen to Sloppy Manwich Podcast, you'll listen to a bunch of incoherent assholes all my age drinking and going over stuff you probably heard from the same friends here or the same thing your friends talked about it like Denny's at two in the morning after drinking. Um, or Sloppy Podcast on Twitter and the Sloppy Manwich Podcast on Facebook. And join the leftover army. <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> and um yeah you can find me on twitter at the tubby ninja uh i have a book out there if you are into uh post zombie apocalypse stories i have a book called i become death it is available on amazon audible and itunes i need to make a commercial for that you really should i should i don't know what's wrong with me like you have <laughs> enough people like in the leftover army we could like make an entire like skit out of it <laughs> like to do the auto recording and make that like the basis of it <laughs> but, but like seriously i should make a little 30 second ad and play it at the end of every one of these shows i don't know what's wrong with me um but yeah thank you all very much for listening and until next time this has been Startcast.